Welcome to Brighton Adventure Story Podcast. Chapter 5. The Lie. Whether it was watching Teddy being dragged away, being stuck inside for weeks, the disregard for Hegel's possessions, or just the look on the lounging polecat's face, Jenny suddenly felt a hot surge of anger. If those polecats thought they could kidnap Teddy, they had another thing coming. Hegel, she said. I'm going to show those stupid polecats from stupid Polgate that they can't come into my town, ransack your chamber and steal my next but one neighbour's dog. You can help, or you can watch, or you can just stay here and feel sorry for yourself. I really don't mind. But first, help me find a way over this stupid wall. The hedgehog didn't hesitate. We mustn't go in through the elm trunk's route. They'll be expecting that. Follow me. It seems you'll be entering the family hogsuary after all. She let go of the gate's metal bars. There were deep bruises across her palms. They looked black in the half-light. That gate doesn't look right, Hegel said. He looked her up and down. And something about you looks different too. I think you should be careful. The hedgehog went quickly back to the little door. Jenny paused and looked at the gate before following. He was right. The bars had a definite bend in them. In fact, the whole top of the gate looked warped. She caught Hegel up. He looked the same, but she was older. It had been more than two years since they'd last met. But she knew that wasn't what he meant by something looking different. Something had happened to her over Christmas, and somehow the hedgehog could tell. You first, he said. Watch your head. Go straight ahead. Keep low. And no messing around. Don't go bending anything in here. Jenny got down on all fours and crawled quickly through the door into the pitch black beyond. She kept crawling fast for a few metres. There were pale lines on the walls and ceiling. Unfamiliar patterns made of familiar shapes. Then it grew darker. She slowed and held her hand out in front of her. She could just make out her pale skin as a slight difference in shades of black. Hegel swung the door shut behind, and the shades of black disappeared. Come on, he said, shuffling past her. Don't hang around. We haven't got long. If there's one thing that cats don't like, it's dogs. A polecat's like normal cats, Jenny asked, crawling fast along cold, hard flagstones to keep up. No, they're worse. They're all scheming, evil layabouts that belong in Polgate, not here. And they actually like dogs. They do? Yes, to eat. She crawled harder, and soon her hands and knees were pounding on something soft. The smell was of damp earth. She wondered how Hegel could tell what she was saying when it was so dark. Hold up, Hegel said quietly. Careful now, nice and quiet. Jenny slowed, but not enough, and her forehead pressed gently against Hegel's spines. It was painful. Ow, she said in a stifled voice. Watch it. I said quiet. We're right outside the back of my pantry. There's a catch around here somewhere. Ah, got it. Now, what's the plan? Plan? Jenny hadn't thought of a plan. She just wanted to get Teddy back. You distract them, she said. I'll grab Teddy. Is that it? Hegel said. Is that all you've got? You haven't got any kind of secret weapon or anything? I just want to rescue Teddy before they eat him. 
Well, I suppose you could pretend they were thick metal bars and bend them like the gate. I don't think that was me, she said. It must have been like that already. It wasn't. Now, move back a bit and don't make any noise at all. When we're in the pantry, we can listen and wait for the right moment to act. There was a soft click as Hegel turned the latch. Then the faint outline of a door appeared. The hedgehog pulled it silently towards them and stepped forward. Jenny followed closely, but not too close. She was wary of the sharp spines. Compared to the complete blackness of the tunnel, the inside of Hegel's pantry was easy to make out. A bright line of light was seeping in from the chamber beyond. They listened. A snarl from Teddy resulted in a yelp from a polecat and then a whimper from the dog. That was enough for Jenny. She wasn't going to wait around for the right moment. She surged past Hegel, pushed hard through the door and out into his chamber. The light, low as it was, was blinding to Jenny. She squinted and could see that the polecats had cornered Teddy on the opposite side of the chamber near the hearth. The lounging polecat was up on its feet and had the pike trained at the dog. Hold it still, it said, so I can stick it. The other three polecats were trying to grab Teddy's lead, which kept skittering over the floor as the dog turned to snap at them. With all the commotion, no one had noticed Jenny and Hegel's sudden appearance. With surprise on her side, Jenny strode up behind the lounger and made a grab for the pike over its shoulder. It reacted just in time, twisting its long, lithe body and swinging the weapon at her stomach. Jenny flinched, anticipating the blow, and there was a crack. Hegel intercepted the blow deftly with his stick. Jenny grabbed the shaft of the polecat's parried pike and pulled hard. To her surprise, the polecat came with it, holding tight to the other end. Jenny lifted the pike high, swung it round, and heaved the evil creature toward the other three. The lounger let out a garbled scream as it bounced once and struck the others. They went down like bowling pins in a heap. Here, Teddy, Jenny said. The dog bounded forward, but somehow one of the polecats grabbed hold of the lead and yanked the dog back. Teddy pulled, the polecats pulled, and they all ended up wrestling near the little sink. Jenny and Hegel advanced, pikes forward, trained on the polecats. Enough, Jenny said. Let him go. Or you'll do what, little girl? sneered the lounger. If we let our dinner go, you'll stick us anyway. You go first, and we'll send the dog out after. And when the long man hears about this, he's not going to be happy with you at all. Don't be ridiculous, Jenny said. You're outmatched. Give Teddy back and get out of here. The lounger wasn't listening. Something in the floor under the sink had caught its eye. It was the drain. A big round hole covered with a metal grate, like the drain on the side of a road. Heave, boys! he cried, lifting the metal grate with both front paws. And before Jenny or Hegel could stop them, they shoved the dog into the drain and skittered fast out of the chamber. Jenny dived to the floor in a desperate attempt to grab the end of the dog's lead, but it slipped away into the black hole. Teddy, Jenny cried. Hegel, can we get down there? Is there another way? We must be able to get him. That's not good, Hegel said, shaking his head. Not good at all. You can't get down there from here. Not in one piece. Where does it go? Like all drains round here, it goes straight to the Wellsbourne Caverns. 
That dog will either drown, get swept out to sea, or worse. Worse, Jenny said, but she already knew. This drain goes past Ratterston, and they don't like visitors in Ratterston. Don't like them at all. Lord Ratzenberg's town, Jenny asked. You know him? I've met him, twice in fact, and I don't want to meet him again. Can we get to Ratterston from here? No, and I wouldn't go down there if you paid me. His spines quivered at the thought. I think it's best to forget all about Teddy. Yes, that's best. He was only a dog. Perhaps I can make us both a nice cup of tea. Now where's my kettle? I've got to try and find him, Jenny said. He's not even mine. He's Mrs Perry's. What am I going to say to her? Well, it's quite simple, Hegel said in a rather matter-of-fact tone. Tell her that evil polecats from Polgate pushed her dog into the Wellsbourne caverns, where he's likely either drowned or been eaten by rats. Unsurprisingly, these words didn't go any way toward comforting Jenny. Luckily, she wasn't really listening. She was thinking of another plan, one that included a fair amount of luck and deceit, and would only be possible by using a very special key. I've got to go, Jenny said quickly. Is there a way you can stop those polecats from getting back in? Oh yes, this place is like a castle. Only, usually I keep it open and welcoming. I'll make it more secure for the time being, I think. Jenny bade goodbye and hurried out. The park was dark and silent and growing cold. She pulled her mask up over her mouth and thought. She had at least two lies to tell. One to Mrs Perry and one to her parents. Her parents would be easy. They hardly noticed her anyway, and since her isolation started, they hadn't even seen her for weeks. She felt worse about Mrs Perry. Telling the truth would be easier, even as weird as it was. But then Mrs Perry would talk to her parents, and Teddy would be lost forever. There was also the key. James had the special key she needed. The Squiducken key. The key to the underground caverns. As she walked, she worked out what she needed to say to him simplified it and encrypted it with James's Caesar code. Home came first, and the easy lie. She let herself in and went to the living room. Two sisters and her parents were watching something. I'm back, she said from the doorway, and I'm going to wash up and isolate. Her parents nodded. Annabelle, can I send one message on your phone? To your boyfriend, Annabelle said, digging the phone out of her back pocket. Sure. He's not my boyfriend, and can you write it? I don't want to touch your phone. Annabel rolled her eyes, but got up and came out into the hall all the same. Go on then, she said. What am I writing? P-I-E-Z-I. She read out the string of letters she'd memorised and watched Annabel hit send. Thanks. Annabel grunted and went back to whatever she was watching. Jenny ran up to her room grabbed her bag and a torch and a few other useful things, then crept quietly downstairs and even more quietly let herself out of the front door. That was the easy bit done. She knocked on Mrs Perry's door and stepped back and waited. The door opened. Hi, Mrs Perry. Hi, Jenny. Where's Teddy? Well, I, uh, I gave him a good run around and then he was so pleased to see me that I let him come up to my room and, well, he kind of fell asleep on my bed. Oh, that silly dog, she said. He should know better than to climb on furniture. It's okay, Jenny said. I encouraged him. 
but I wanted to ask if... This was it. The lie that she needed to work. Yes? Could Teddy stay over? I mean, I've been isolated for so long, and he looked so comfortable. I'd really like it. Well, Mrs Perry said after a pause. This was never going to work. Jenny felt her face getting hot. I don't like the idea of him getting used to sleeping on a bed. Oh, I'll shift him onto blankets on the floor when I get back in. It is a bit unusual, but then I guess everything's a bit unusual at the moment. I'll miss him, you know, and we'll need him back first thing for my walk to the shop. Of course, Jenny said with a huge sigh of relief. I'll bring him straight round when I wake up. Thank you so much. Jenny turned to walk away. Hang on, said Mrs Perry. Not so fast. Jenny's heart thumped so hard that she could feel it throbbing in the back of her neck. She couldn't speak. She folded. There was no option but to tell the truth. I'm sorry, Mrs Perry, but when I... You'll need his snacks, Mrs Perry cut her off. He'll be hungry otherwise. Oh, yes, right. Mrs Perry disappeared back inside and reappeared with a brown paper bag filled with dog treats. Jenny went to take it. I'll just put it here, Mrs Perry said, placing the bag on the doormat. You know, for distancing. Of course, thank you. Jenny picked up the dog treats, stuffed them into her bag, and left Mrs Perry's front garden. And that was it. The lie was told. She now had until Saturday morning to find her way into the Wellsbourne Caverns and bring Teddy home.